Welcome to the Wild Wonder Podcast. I am your host, Kristen Yorka, and today we will seek to democratize and demystify today's holistic wellness practices by speaking with today's leading practitioners. Before I announce today's very special guest, I'd like to make a small plug for Blast Off, a 12-week Reiki mentorship program by Amber Astronauta. Both our guests today and myself will be guest teachers as, as part of the program. Um, and it closes this Friday. So if you're interested, please go to our website, wearewildwonder.com, or head over to amberastronauta.com. Now, without further ado, I'd like to introduce our very special guest, Alex Sayer, who is a Reiki practitioner, an aura painter, a mom, so many wonderful things. But today we are going to specifically speak about seeing auras. So if you've ever wondered what an aura is or if humans are actually surrounded by all these magnificent unicorn colors, we're going to talk about that and much more. So welcome, Alex Sayer. Thank you, Kristen. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thanks for being here. So you weren't always in the woo sphere. Um, you started off <laughs> all the way on the other end of the spectrum. Am I correct? I did. Yeah. 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 So when we last chatted, you said you were from a pretty conservative family. Um, and then you fell into yoga was your like gateway drug into this whole Yep. Um, stratosphere. Can you describe <laughs> what made you go from um, very, like, maybe analytical thinking to, okay, maybe I'll dip my toe in this? Yeah. So um, I grew up in a Catholic family. I went to Catholic school until eighth grade, um, all the way from kindergarten through eighth grade. And um, I have struggled with mental health for my whole life. Um, since I was like 14, which feels like my whole life, you know, and um, it was I was having really one really bad day and we had just moved to the area and I didn't really know that many people. And Bill came home from work and I just like needed to get out. And I was like, I'm going to a yoga class. I found this yoga studio. I'm going. And this was like very. Yes, that's right. (laughs) Uh, My kids were really young and they were like a handful, you know. Um, I had a toddler and a one-year-old at the time. Um, so I found the center, which has since been closed, but it was in Downingtown. And through going to yoga, I experienced like bliss, like I had never felt before. Um, just like being in Shavasana, being in a space where somebody would like hold space for you to just be. I had never experienced that in my whole life. And that's where I met um, lots of people who opened my mind up to lots of different things besides yoga. And, you know, pretty much like you said, the gateway to the woo. And I was off, you know, Um, I had always been pretty open minded, um, but very skeptical, I think. And so um, yoga and, you know, being more curious and less skeptical has opened me up to a whole bunch of stuff, you know? Yeah. Isn't it wild? Isn't it wild that you have to go out of your way to go to a space where somebody can just allow you to be? Yeah. It seems like it should be part of our everyday experience, but it is absolutely not. Yes. And I'm hoping that it will eventually get to that point where this 
just be a more natural thing. And I'm hoping to, I'm hoping that my kids feel that um, from me. And that's like been my goal with parenting is just to let them be how they are. Um, And yoga has been a huge help in my parenting journey too. Yeah, I've been ruminating a lot on that lately, like how rest can be radical resistance, right? In a world where that's asking you to always do, 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 do. What if you didn't? Absolutely. Yep. What if you did something that lit yourself up and didn't matter to anybody else? Mm -hmm. And what is your brain doing whenever you're doing that too? And like, right and like man I really have been programmed to like think so many different ways and so many negative you know thoughts about resting and doing things just for the hell of it you know do something like yoga or some of these things that don't have any that no one can see any direct benefit to something financial or even like um, academic gain don't you also receive some, maybe not pushback, but some questioning from the outside? Like, why are you doing this? Why now? What do you, what's the goal with this thing that you're doing? Yeah, and you get the pushback. I got it from my own brain. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I didn't get it from my husband because he knew I needed to take care of myself. But I still, in my brain, thought that he, mm-hmm. I was preparing myself for him being you know, resistant to this mm-hmm. and, um, you know, also had to prepare myself for coming home and maybe, you know, what was I going to walk into with the kid? <laughs> Everybody going to be in bed? Is it going to be a mess? You know? Um, so you really have to like, it forced me to kind of stay, you know, present in the moment and not future predict the future and not, you know, what if about stuff? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's definitely challenging, but it feels good, you know. And what a revolutionary act to even speak out your desires, right? Because if you would have stayed in your brain thinking, oh, my husband's going to ask me why, or my kids are going to, I don't know, a mom guilt, my kids are going to feel abandoned by me, or I'm not doing my best, mm-hmm. or selfishness, all these thoughts come to us, especially as moms and women in the world just the act of being able to speak that out and then to see what happens instead of trying to predict what we think is going to happen is, is revolutionary. Yes. Yeah, totally. So that's step one. And it, oh, it cracked open your heart just a little bit thinking you want more of this, whatever this is. And I had similar (laughs) feelings when I, when I started yoga many moons back. And then how do we, can you take us through how we go from yoga to what you're doing now, which is mostly painting auras, seeing and painting auras? Mm-hmm. Yep. So my yoga journey started, that was 2016. Um, and I have to, then I got into crystals and I have to tell you this little story yeah. because it is mm-hmm. like, I feel like I'm always sticking my foot in my mouth. I feel like my previous selves um and then i grow out of that you know mm-hmm. shell and then i'm like oh i changed my mind so i got into crystals after yoga and crystal healing mm-hmm. and i've always been into rocks and i would like be as a kid in my grandparents you know gravel driveway picking out the shiny rocks and mm-hmm. you know had a huge bucket and my parents were like do you really need all these rocks and i'm like <laughs> i do i can't put this one back what do you mean yeah. 
Um, and so that was like my dipped my toe into the woo there a little bit. Before that, I before when I first heard about crystals having vibrational properties that could assist you through your life, I heard it from a um, a person at a wine tasting who was pouring us wine where my husband and I got married up in Seneca Lake, uh, Finger Lakes in New York. And both him and I looked at each other after we left and we were like, she is nuts. Like, what are you talking about? Crystals vibrate? They're like, what? And then, you know, then I taught my first workshop in, what, 2018 about creating a personal ritual around crystals. And how much crystals- time had passed between you meeting that woman and uh, then you teaching a class? in 2013 mm-hmm. and then I taught that workshop three years later no four years later so yeah and it was just it did it felt natural to me you know I was just like man I really spoke too soon about this <laughs> about the they are they are vibrational healing things you know and um I think it's also about it's about intention and what you make of it and if it resonates with you personally. So I started with crystals and I started making crystal grids. And um, right before we bought the house that we currently live in, which was the first, our first time being homeowners in this house. And that was in 2018. um, I was doing a lot of gridding work and with crystals and with the moon cycle and intention setting and every new moon and full moon I would just be on my journaling and picking out crystals that went to correspond with my intentions because I wanted to manifest us like a permanent house a home that we could like put down roots Mm -hmm. and really feel like we could grow and we got it and I firmly believe that my intention setting with the crystals and all of that effort that I put into that helped um, helped us get there. That's amazing. Were you yeah. having direct, when you first started with crystals, were you having direct experience with them? Do you feel like you sat with them and you actually could feel the vibrations of the crystals? The first time I noticed, so the first time I experimented with it, I found a rose quartz pendant at Michael's mm. and I was like, it said on the label, you know, self-love and I was really trying to call that in. Mm-hmm. So I bought that and I put it on a chain that I had from a necklace that my husband got me. And I just noticed when I would wear it, I would have a lot less, a lot less intrusive thoughts about like negative self-talk. And when mm-hmm. I did wear it, I felt a lot more calm and a lot more like centered in myself. So that piqued my curiosity. Mm-hmm. And and I also had used an amber teething necklace with my son. That's in the same realm, even though amber isn't technically a crystal. It's mm-hmm. still, you know, still in that same realm. So that was also like we didn't have to give him any pain meds after putting on this amber teething necklace. We didn't have to use aura gel. Like he was good to go. And it was amazing. Yeah. I'm like, great. I don't have to worry about giving him any medicine which is awesome and then I did I had you know you meditate with the crystals and holding them and you can it's 
I didn't feel a physical vibration like, mm-hmm. you know, a phone vibrating, but I did feel like certain intuitive thoughts just came to me about like and how it was making me feel and how the energy and connection and the colors, really the colors, I mean, it's all color for me, Yeah, <laughs> would make me feel. And that's where I just kept getting curiouser and, you know, nurturing that curiosity by trying things out, trying that's new. Because there's nothing like direct experience. I mean, people can listen to this and... <laughs> in tune certain things but until you actually test it out be a little witchy scientist you'll never know if something <laughs> works for I you i love that a witchy scientist <laughs> um just like some affirmations you know when i started doing affirmations um i couldn't say i feel confident like that felt really cheesy to me and i did not feel like i could open my heart up to that so I started with, I am open to feeling confident. Oh, and I worked with that until eventually, I think it was around like four months later, I could mm-hmm. say I am confident. And so you have, it is trial and error and you have to find what works for you and and trust yourself and trust your feelings. And Absolutely. So I think when, you, when you've already experienced this, maybe these stones do hold vibration, it wasn't that much of a leap for you then to jump into maybe Reiki. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah, and I had heard about Reiki, and this was, I had my first Reiki 1 certification right before we moved into this house. And after we, you know, everything was going with the house and we knew we were going to get it because buying a house is so complicated, and you really can't, you know, you can't count all your eggs before you have yeah. a basket or whatever that saying is. <laughs> <laughs> so I found a practitioner that was offering Reiki one and it happens to be like three minutes away from this house where I'm like currently practicing Reiki, like taking clients right now. Like a Reiki oh. vortex there or something. <laughs> yeah, totally. Definitely. <laughs> Yeah, and I was just like, let's see what happens. And this was like nothing I ever experienced, Reiki. And, you know, saying that you have the power in your palms to heal others and yourself was like so radical. But I was so curious and so like really wanted this in my heart to like be true. And I also thought like if this is ancient years old, they – you just this is this there has to be something mm. to this and so i went and this was in the midway art center in coatesville where i took it and this was before they like had a sign and stuff so it was um an a old abandoned warehouse and i just thought it was like the coolest like creepiest building and i was like this is so like mysterious and i'm walking up these steps and i had never met the practitioner before never taken any classes there I was just I felt called to this freaky mm-hmm. the we had a goddess circle with some of the women from the yoga center in Downingtown where I practiced and had those first blissful moments um we had a a goddess meeting mm-hmm. and turned out that a couple of the women in there that I met knew personally the Reiki practitioner oh. and 
I was like, oh, wow, well, that's really cool. And they're like, yeah, you're going to love Tabitha. Like, she's great. And so it made me feel better because I kind of felt like I was going into it a little blindly. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was still a little scary. Like, I still wasn't 100% sure. But I was curious enough to want to go through with it and do it. And I I felt the energy um, whenever she was doing the Reiki blessing. And I felt it, you know, I felt, like, blissful again. I felt kind of lightheaded, but in, like, a fun way, you know. Um, I felt like anything was possible. And I was like, okay there's definitely something to this Reiki. So that it took Reiki two the following, I think it was actually six months later, I took Reiki two, And then I got my Reiki master uh, teacher certification in quarantine in March of 2020. Wow. Finished in April, 2020. And during this process, did you ever think like this is might be a profession or this was strictly for your own personal spiritual growth? I was definitely attracted to it because I wanted to be able to bring more of this like open-minded, you can heal yourself and take care of yourself to other people. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really know how to do that. And it just wasn't in the budget to go do yoga teacher training for our mm-hmm. family. Really wanted to, but I found this and I was like, wow, this is really neat and um, very accessible. Mm-hmm. And let's see what happens and how it transformed my life and really opened my eyes to all the walls that I had put up in my life and all the things that I had closed my heart off to Mm. and um, stuff that I needed to like look at and get curious again about why are they there? Why do I have those walls up? Why am I closing my heart off to this? And after I got my Reiki master um, and we were in quarantine and I was, oh my gosh, it was, I was a mess. I was thinking, what am I doing? I totally questioned everything. Didn't we all? (laughs) Had, you know, just like everybody else was just like, what is happening? And everybody is just, you know, you think that everything's going so great, and then something like this happens. A like global it's, pandemic. Yeah, it makes you question everything. Like, I had a calendar and months worth of, like, fun events planned for my new Reiki business and um, Reiki and art and all this, and was going to go do markets, and then that got pulled out. Um, but after all the uncomfortableness and all of the mental breakdowns and everything. And here I am a year later Mm. to share everything I've learned. Um, It's just, it's pretty amazing. And it just, uh, don't give up. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's amazing how things can turn around so quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, But how far away they can seem to, to not want to turn around, you know, in those dark moments, you just feel like it's never going to get better. But I mean, it always gets better because that's just how it is. Right. And it's, it's that idea going back to what you said about being open, what these practices teach us, whether it's Reiki or meditation or yoga, 
it's the stay open possibility. I always say like leave room for the magic because even though things seem like they're shutting down everywhere, you know, it might just be redirection. And it sounds like that's where you ended up in this new evolution of auras and aura painting. Yeah, so a little bit about that. The aura thing, I didn't always see auras. I didn't, I knew what they were and I did believe that there is energy around us Mm -hmm. and the personal bubble because a lot of people get into my personal bubble. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, I get it. I know. I get that there's definitely like a field. So we, in our master training, we learned how to read auras online over Zoom. Mm. And I automatically saw them and some of the other class my other classmates didn't but it it seemed like in my experience that I had picked it up kind of easy that it was kind of natural for me seeing this like I could soften my gaze I could look and see you know white on the uh, surrounding people's bodies and I got curious about that in like the winter time of 2020 and the beginning of 2021 because I got I got sick of just being afraid and playing small and I was like I you know I still want to bring my healing the Reiki this and I still deeply wanted something that had to do with my creativity and my art and so I just had this crazy idea what if I painted auras could I look at something and could I render that on a piece of paper and let's see what happens so I started with plants because anything that is of the earth Mm. or basically anything honestly can have an aura I mean anything that has like life force it's so funny that you said plants because I was just you reminded me of the first time I came across auras I was probably 10 in this tiny little bookshop on a strip mall and of course, I didn't want to be like the weirdo kid asking people if I could like stare at them with like a soft gaze. So I would climb up into trees and try to see the aura of the trees. That's so cool. <laughs> Were you successful? I think so. I mean, it's hard to look back on it now because when you're a kid and you have all these like possibilities and then there's like the imagination aspects of it and I had a huge imagination. I wonder, looking back, was I actually seeing auras or was I, you know, in this imaginative space where I was, like, creating auras with my mind, kind of? Uh-huh. So, yeah. possible. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that you were. I think that um, I've done, I've painted over 50 people's auras, and it really is about, like, trusting yourself and trusting what you see and trusting that the messages that come through are for, you know, the highest good of the person. And if I'm going to see colors around people in order to tell them, like, their strengths, like their personal strengths and their qualities, like, Mm -hmm. that's a blessing for that person. Why? I can't not do it. I can't say that, you know, just write it off as my imagination, write it off as crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, Or just like, you know, go see my ophthalmologist and say, what the heck is going 
on. Like, Western medicine is not the solution here um, for seeing auras, because they probably would say you're crazy and you need right. to have eye surgery or something. Right, right. And But before we get too far, for those listeners that don't know what an aura is, do you have, like, a working definition of how you would describe yes. an aura? I do. So I describe it as the energetic atmosphere that surrounds um, the human body or a body of any living thing. And it has layers. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's multiple layers in your aura and they correspond to the chakras. And what I believe I am seeing is the emotional layer as I understand it now. Um, I'm still learning quite a bit because I really just started seeing them and like any good witchy scientist, I need to keep doing some experiments and right. um, before I can like say for sure. And this is all, I mean, we really don't know fully what this you know, we as humans, we can put our words and our labels on it, but you know, when it gets down to it, it's like, it's really all about the feeling, mm-hmm. you know. So you're saying um, people that could see auras, they might have a certain specialty like a doctor would, like you would, your specialty currently is the emotional layer of the body, of the aura? I think so, but okay. honestly, I'm not. So what led me to believe that was that I read this book called The Little Book of Aura Healing by Laura Styler. And in this book, and I got this book because I had a client who said, I want to learn more about this. I want to learn more about what are auras and like, just tell me all the information. And I was like, well, crap, I don't know all the information. Like I need to get some books. So I got this book, you know, and I'm like reading through it. And it says the emotional layer looks like a watercolor painting. And I was like, holy shit, that's exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> and I almost like cried. I was like, are you oh, kidding? Like I have like to tell validation. Everybody. Yes. I'm literally painting people's ours in watercolor. And it says this. So, so that was cool. And I thought, okay, I'm definitely onto something here. I need to keep going because every, like that first aura painting and everyone after it, I just kept gaining more information and more confidence and more trust in my intuition as it kept, you know, as I kept getting more experience. And so when I read that, I thought, well, maybe that's why. And I've always been very highly sensitive to people's emotions mm-hmm. um, and how they're feeling. And so I just it just made so much sense. Um, but to say that I fully understand what I am seeing, I think there's probably more to it than than that. I think I this is I haven't even reached a year where I, I've been doing this, so I don't want to say like for certain, and I'm still <laughs> learning. So what I believe it is is the emotional layer because it changes a lot when I'm painting somebody the colors shift and they move and especially because we're holding a conversation during these aura painting sessions and people talk about different things different colors will show up you know if they um if they talk about something that's very empowering you know like maybe yellow will show up because that's your solar plexus and that's where your confidence is um and it's 
it's easy for me to make these connections with the colors and um, how they're, these people are expressing themselves and tying it back to the chakras and everything. It just kind of effortlessly has been flowing for me mm-hmm. as I'm trusting it and staying in that, um, that like self-love and self-trust state and feeling centered. You How know? empowering is that? Right? It's it's amazing. Every single aura that I get to paint is like a little gift to myself and to my like trust in myself. It's like that evidence that mm-hmm. I need to say that I'm really living the truth that I tell my kids about all the time. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful yeah. though that healing work generally is a blessing for both people, both the yeah. supposed client and the practitioner? It is. Yeah, that's how Reiki is, too. Whenever you give Reiki, you're also receiving it because as a Reiki practitioner, you're the channel of that energy and it's moving through you. So you're getting the benefits as well. So true divine reciprocity. Mm-hmm. And that's how I think that's how it is. That's how it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I think that we don't understand ourselves without another person reflecting ourselves back Mm -hmm. to one another and if we get together with people who believe and want to heal themselves and they believe in this woo stuff and we can connect on that i mean it's really beautiful and transformative you know Mm -hmm. i would love to hear if well if you could walk us through so let's say a person has never had either an aura reading or done an aura painting with you Let's say they, because this is the first time you told me that you did it through Zoom. I was like, wait, what? You can see auras through Zoom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's yeah, brand new. Good background right now, actually. Hmm? I said, you have a pretty good background for me oh. to like, be able to see your aura right now. Tell me what it is later. <laughs> <laughs> or tell me if you feel comfortable, tell me now if you'd like. I mean, it's a little yellow and green right now, which yellow is like I said before, confidence and that solar plexus and green is um, openness, like open heartedness and, um, you know, that divine mother earth energy. So, and in aura, like in the aura stuff that I've read so far in like the books and stuff online, the heart is the gateway to the higher self. Hmm. They call it like the bridge. So the auric field has different layers and when you get to the one that corresponds to the heart chakra, they call that the bridge to your higher self. And I think that's so beautiful and it makes sense. I love that because um, I don't know if you listened to the podcast episode with um, Sophia. Mm-hmm. Um, she she works in shadow work, um, shadow work, I'll use quotes. But she was saying, um, I did a reading with her and she called me the bridge Oh, it was interesting that you brought that back to me. (laughs) Yeah, that's so cool. Oh, I love that. Thank you. So that's the way it would work. Essentially, is if I was your client, I would meet with you either in Zoom or in person. Mm -hmm. And you would we would have a conversation like we're having. And -hmm. you would basically read my auric field and paint it. Yes. Yep. And it's kind of like a snapshot of the auric field in that moment because from what I'm understanding is that it shifts. So maybe tomorrow it won't necessarily look like that. Right. Yeah. I mean, it really depends on what you're going through. And, you know, 
there's totally things that could throw your aura off, you know, in the course of a day or like mm-hmm. change it. And not to say that, you know, one aura is better than another. It's just how it shifts and moves and um, and flows. So, yeah, um, I've noticed it changing. One of the times I noticed it like the most and it was very reassuring because I whenever I notice it, I'm just like, OK, well, I need to test my own hypothesis hmm. with scientists. <laughs> Hashtag witchy scientist. Yeah, hashtag witchy scientist. And um, I was painting one of my best friends ours for her birthday out in her field in her yard. It was so beautiful. Oh, so pretty. He has two young kids. And her youngest, as I was painting, came over to her and just, like, embraced her. And she's just, like, loving on him. And mm-hmm. I just saw green, like, trail behind him. Uh-huh. This, like, beautiful grass green. And it was just, like... I could tell that they were connected and I've also painted a mother and a daughter before together um, painted their oars together and that was pretty special too because you can I mean I can see the connection and I can paint it and it's just the painting becomes like it becomes a little souvenir from the experience but also a visual reminder of like trusting the unseen things trusting the things that we know are right in the world and that may not always show up, but there's goodness and there's light in each and every one of us. I, I, I love that. Um, like when I speak to children, I share that when we're apart, we are, we're all connected and that we don't have to be in our same physical to have that, that thread of connection between each other. Yeah. Um, so I feel like you just, you just um, emboldens that theory of mine. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. I was just thinking about, do you know how um, all the trees in the world are connected via a network of mushrooms and they communicate mm-hmm. with them? And, I mean, think about how often maybe you think of a person and they don't know it, but you're still thinking of them. Yes. So you are connected. Like, we, we're all we are all connected and um i think that you can tap into that like that connection even when you're not with the person physically yeah kind of like our ethereal mycelium like that so how about a person that has never or doesn't know if they've ever seen auras before how would they get started to be open to the idea that they could see it how would they first begin to test this? So what you have to do is get comfortable with the fact that you might see auras. Like you are you are open to it. Your heart's open. You're going to go see it. Um, I would say don't get too attached to, like, don't try too hard. Just kind of be open to whatever is going to happen. Don't try to predict. Try to be in kind of a meditative state and um if you want to practice with a human or with plants or whatever you're just going to softly gaze around the border between their physical body and whatever's behind them and just kind of soften your gaze so normally what you first start seeing is just it's almost like a whitish light that kind of borders their body and it's kind of mm-hmm. um 
it's kind of blurry and um, you want to have a natural as much natural light as you can and as light of a background um, as you can and that's uncluttered to make it easier on you not to say that you couldn't see auras otherwise but if you have not done it before get yourself a white background and close to a window for some natural light and just softly gaze at it and just be with it be with that thing that you're observing and um, see what happens and take notes and come back to it don't try to push it you know how much time should you spend with it? Should you give yourself like a, a time limit so you don't get frustrated or should you allow yourself a certain amount of time so you have the uh, opportunity? I mean, that's really up to the individual person because the yeah. time that it takes for me to get frustrated is going to be different than another sure. person. Right, right. What's important is just like being really aware of how you're feeling. Yeah. And, you know, take note of... A thought, you know, if a thought comes up, well, you know, I think I saw something, but I don't know. I also just looked over there and maybe I was just seeing, like, don't do that. Right. Take, it's not going to hurt anybody. Take note of what colors you're seeing and just, just say you saw that color and see what happens if you own that. And that's what happens because the moment that you say yes to seeing it is opens mm -hmm. the game for any other colors because when I first started with the plants and looking at plants and seeing their auras I was just like I don't know man I don't know about this you know I have that <laughs> healthy skepticism that I've always kind of had and which is good because it leads to discernment I believe right. because if, we, if sometimes if we just jump into a thing ready to believe anything end up believing nothing at all mm -hmm. yeah or it just gets so confusing that you just don't know what's up and yeah. down yeah I had a session in the summer with an aloe plant and I had set up my white background outside it was a beautiful day and I was just like I'm gonna sit out here and chill with my plants and see if I can see some auras so my aloe plant was sitting there looking all perky and strong and not showing me a dang thing nothing and I was like what is going on like I can't connect with this plant like what is happening but aloe is also like itself it's a very hard rigid plant it's spiky it's good for protection mm -hmm. and I thought okay well maybe I just need to like relax a little bit maybe it just needs a little bit more space and just took a deep breath and it lit up rainbow like it was, I saw all the colors and they were all like, it was like within a couple inches of the leaf were, was the entire rainbow. And I was like, How cool. away. like I, I did it. I said that I would stay open and it showed me, like it showed me the mm. colors. So I painted it and it was really, the thing about my paintings is that in order to fit all the colors, sometimes it doesn't look exactly how, like, I'm seeing it. But that's also, mm. like, that's what being an artist is, is just letting flow, you know? And you were an, were you an artist of any kind before? I mean, a visual artist before? 
Um, I have been an artist since I could have, since I had my 64 count of crayons at my grandparents' house. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> I wanted to go to art school so bad um, in high school, but I never ended up um, pursuing that because I had very realistic parents who didn't really understand um, the how great my passion was. And I really was not very good at expressing how great my passion was back then. I was very quiet mm -hmm. and people pleasy, you know. So yeah, I declared in 2017 that I was going to be an artist and have been pursuing that um, in some form or another since then. Yeah, I, um, I did have, I did street art in Philadelphia for a while, and that was super fun and felt very freeing, rebellious. And then as I realized that I didn't really want to get a fine for vandalizing and that I needed <laughs> children, and I really, like, my place is at the home. You know, it's making a house. I don't have a job outside of being an artist and a mom. Like, my job is here at the house. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't have it any other way. I love it. I love that. Well, before we go, I would like you to describe what you're doing as part of Blast Off, which is coming up soon this December. This Yay. September, not December. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to be a guest teacher in Amber Astronauta's Rigging Mentorship Program. And my class is going to be focusing on bringing your own personalization to your Reiki practice for yourself and any clients you might have. Um, so getting curious about crystals, getting curious about about oracle cards, the deck that I made with Amber, um, everybody will be getting a copy oh, of it. Yeah, and so oh, that's cool. really cool. And we're just going to be talking about how to bring that creativity into your practice to make it unique and reflective of you so that when your client leaves or when you leave, you're like, I need more of that. I want more of that. And you can't get it anywhere else because each person is so different. Right. And we each connect with a different practitioner in our own special way. So it, doors close this Friday, September 3rd. So if you want in, on Blast Off Reiki Mentorship, um, go to amberastronauta.com so you can see Alex and me and, of course, Amber. Um, and where else can folks find you? Um, they can find me on Instagram at the Weird Mom at Pickup with little underscores between the words. And um, I also have a website, www.alexayer.com, and I have a little shop there. And you can learn, there's some an FAQ page about auras, and that's how you can contact me if you'd like a Reiki session or an aura painting. Very cool. What is the offering that you're most excited about right now? Um, I am really excited about teaching in Amber's class, for real, because yeah. <laughs> I'm a Reiki master teacher, and I'm excited to step into that and really own it um, and hopefully be a stepping stone to developing my own class because I think that teaching this and giving these giving people this tool so that they can use it to heal themselves and then have the possibility to heal others is just what else do you really need right. and from personal experience I've taught with Amber before and the community that she attracts that resonate with her is just such a beautiful community so I'm excited for that too yeah for sure there's so many 
people that have come into like my sphere after um, meeting Amber and it's been really beautiful and you're one of the people. So thank you so much for having me. And no, thank uh, you. It really, it was great opportunity to be able to come on and chat about my experiences and speak my truth. And I'm all in blue today prepared for that. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I loved our talk. I know that listeners are going to get so much out of it, um, whether they're just dipping their toe in the woo water or they're a full-blown witchy scientist. We're here for that. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. And I hope, well, I'll see you on at Blast Off. Otherwise, um, yeah. we welcome you back anytime. Awesome. Thanks so much, Kristen. Stay thank curious. You. I will. <laughs> Have a great day. You Bye. Too. And that was the Wild Wonder Podcast. I'm so happy you were able to join us. You can see us about two times a month um, or listen to us on Spotify, SoundCloud, uh, all the audios and <laughs> YouTube. Thanks for being here. If you ever want any more information about what we do here at Wild Wonder, the podcast or upcoming events, please go to wearewildwonder.com.